Welcome to State of the Art Southern Illinois, a podcast by the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. Today, we start a series of interviews with the staff of the Marion Cultural and Civic Center to give you a look behind the curtain and to put a face to all the work and duties that go into bringing great shows to Marion. Our guest today is Mike Wade, the Venue Logistics Coordinator for the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. Listen as we discuss his background, his role here at MCCC, and how his efforts support the artists performing at the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. Mike, thanks for joining us. I'm really glad to be here. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm we, a little, uh, you know, anxious, but yeah, I'm glad. I really am. Good. Um, well, let's start. You're, uh, you've been with us here at the Civic Center for how long now? Seven uh, years? Be, uh, be 10 years this October. 10 years? Yeah. Mike, you've been here for a decade. Flies by. It does. Yep. So uh, before that decade of your life, what were you doing? Well, I did a lot of things. Uh, I, I worked at a factory in Heron a few years previous to coming here. Uh, that shut down was Maytag slash Norge. I was there 28 and a half years. That was my longest run on any job that I had. Um, after that, they gave me an opportunity to go to school, and I took advantage of that. So where'd you go to school? Uh, Rin Lake College. And what was your focus at Rin Lake College? Uh, horticulture, actually. It was kind of a different... Uh, well, the whole time I, I was trying to advance myself at, at Maytag, the folks would uh, seem to have a, a degree, associates or bachelor, what, whatever. They had a, some kind of degree, uh, being preaching or, or just whatever. Uh, and they always seemed to advance those folks so I thought, well, I'm going to go, if I can go, I'm going to go for something that I really enjoy. And I'll enjoy the gardening and uh, the whole aspect of, of the horticulture. Didn't necessarily think I was going to go to uh, that as a career, but, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a whole learning purpose. At 50 years old, when you go back to school, it's at learning. Yeah. Yeah. There are a great bunch of kids up there. They... Uh, I mean, it was a whole slew of people at that time that was going, and they had, oh, there's the Maytaggers. You know, we had our own uh, few of us, and then the kids up there were great. They weren't clickish or, oh, look at these old guys. They, they, they helped you out, and, and a lot of times you didn't understand something, the new math especially. <laughs> it was great. They were great kids up there. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, you really enjoyed getting a horticulture degree and learning more about plants and gardening and the cultivation of those plants and uh, yeah, yeah i learned quite a bit uh i think the the other part of it was the curriculum uh, uh if i say that correctly um of the speech and the math and the other things that i took that i didn't care back when i was in high school i could care less but i enjoyed them and i you know pretty much got straight a Except for psychology. I should have read the book. Uh, I got a B, <laughs> but I didn't read the book either. So that, that, there you go. The, uh, so, so at that point in your life, coming to school later in life, you had a greater respect for all the different disciplines that you were, you were looking at. Um, and you don't think that would have been the case um, going, to, going to school for that whenever you were younger? No, I did not like school. 
I, I knew everything, you know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, my younger life was a crazy. So, no, I wasn't ready for that maturity of a thing as, as, as taking on that. I didn't have a discipline. I really didn't. But later in life, being married, having kids at home, and they and they also looked up to their dad going to college, you know. So yeah, they 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 later on, my daughter did go to Rin Lake. So not horticulture, but she did go. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. So you carried on with that horticulture with horticulture in general, um, on a personal level. You've got a greenhouse at home. I do. And and what what types of things do you grow in there? Tomatoes and peppers mostly. Yeah. Um, and we went over house porch plants, which we'd call them house plants, but they live on the porch and, and we winter them over. Uh, I tried selling a few plants here and there and it always ended up giving them away anyhow. So I, I, it's just, I enjoy doing it. It's not so much that I was trying to make a profit from it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I built my own greenhouse and, uh, wired it and it was quite elaborate. Yeah. So for a home grown greenhouse, yeah. Pretty good. That's really cool. And that's that's applied just slightly here at the Civic Center. You take care of all of the plants that we have in the lobby and uh, our planters out front as well. Yeah, this year I, I you know, always wanted to plant out there, and, then, and I had the opportunity this year to do it, and uh, I was glad to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We're glad you did it. It looks wonderful. Thank you. So after um, going to school for horticulture, uh, you... Did you come and work for the Civic Center right after that, or did you do something else first? Well, I had a, a few other jobs, but nothing really felt at home. Uh, I was proud that they had actually asked me to come back and teach horticulture, trimming and, and, and uh, pruning and soil science. Not soil science, but uh, lawn maintenance, like golf course stuff. And um, I actually got to go back and, and do that for a semester, and then I got hired on here, so I, I dropped that. It was a quite a drive, too, for me, and so I dropped that and came here and started working. I think that's probably the reason I got an, an interview here was because, you know, horticulture, why horticulture? I mean, it was a point of interest, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, one thing leads to another. Nothing nothing is by chance in this world. Yeah, and I still I still remember seeing it on your application Right, that you had a degree in horticulture, and I just thought it was the most interesting thing, and it it was part of. We probably there's a good chance we would have brought you in for an interview anyway, but that's a good part of why right. I was so interested right. to, talk, to talk to you. Yeah. After that, you started here at the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. Yep, that's ten years ago. Ten years, this October. Things have changed here just a little bit in that time. I have. Um. So. Whenever you started, you started in the role of custodian. Yes. Um, and you are now the venue logistics coordinator. Yes. <laughs> what in the world does that mean? Uh, well, miracle worker isn't an actual job title, so they give me that one. It was. It was. Uh, it means I take care of uh, bathrooms, uh, scheduling of people for part time. Uh, I take care of. Um, the tables, you need a table, you come might get a table. You know, so basically it's, you're, it's anything and everything. You're over you're you're over the facility as a whole as a building. So the whole, the whole all of building. the physical assets Every, of the building you're over. Yes. It and back you know, hospitality and, and we, it, the whole 
nine yards. Basically, from helping out on the stage to, you know, like I said, concessions, popcorn. And you mentioned the you mentioned the part time workers. A lot of the part time workers, um, you manage from a standpoint of them being part time custodial workers. Yes. Uh, and so, what is it like working with? Uh, working with those kids, a lot of a lot of our part timers are high school and college, mm. um, which is it's a perfect fit for them because it's on an event by event basis and it's in the evenings and it and it works around their school schedules really well. But what is it like for you working with those kids? It's a it's a driving force in my life. I mean, just being around them. I mean, there's there's some that you know you're gonna need to do this and that and that and there's some you just they're just a joy to be around mostly um a lot of them i say all of them i care about my workers yeah you, you really treat them like family yeah, like they they we are. literally see you taking essentially like family and group pictures yeah, with them so yeah. that you can keep a picture of all the part-timers in your office right that's a big deal yeah, we like doing that the kids like doing that they like being felt like they're you know a part of something here not just somebody comes in and sells popcorn or Cleans toilets. They 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 feel like they're a part of the civic center, and I couldn't do it without them. Well, they but they wouldn't feel like that without you. And well, thank you. And that's that's one of the like you said. That's one of the magical things that you bring to that position is you truly make everyone feel at home when they're working here, and a part of a part of something and a part of a group to where there's. Uh, almost like a fraternal nature to it, to where they feel they really are part of something. They are right. part of their own organization within the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. I call them my kids. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're basically really, I feel as though they're, you know, I, I care about them. I got some that drive a, a, a fur piece to get here. And I make sure they text me when you get home. Just make sure you're all right. You know, some of them have an hour to get home. Um, and, then, and that's late at night some of the time. At midnight, yeah, I don't 1, always answer them, but I yeah. know they're there. Yeah. Yeah, and they know they're safe, so. Yeah. And I'll get on to them if they don't text me. Hey, hey girls, come on. Let me know you're home. It means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that in turn, that makes them, I feel better about them being safe, and I think that makes them feel better about working or coming in and doing things because they, they feel like somebody does care about them, not just a, a person that's trying to get them come in not yeah. just how they're sweeping but, but right, how they're right. how they are as humans yeah 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 i try to you know make that a part of all my life anymore well and i think that's that's something as a management skill that you possess is this great quality to to make it feel that way because that's some people have to try really, really hard to make people feel like they're a part of something, but it, it seems to come so naturally to you. Well, thank you. I, I, so I just am who I am. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, we, we talked about the logistics and, and some of the things that you do, and you mentioned tables, but there's so much more to it than that. Right. Um, you know, yes, whenever they need a, a table for merchandise for an artist, you bring that table out. Or when we've got, um, you set up ticket tables and you set up the ticketing every week for every show. Um, but you also mentioned hospitality. Oh, yeah. And, 
And so uh, there may be a lot of people that don't exactly know what hospitality means whenever it comes to a venue like this. And so what does that mean? What do you do? How do you, how do you know what to get? A lot of, a lot of times it's depending on the artist. They contract, everybody has a contract and even the promoters bringing other shows in has a contract. And on that, they call writers. And what that consists of is what the artist require for bus stock or, uh, what do you mean bus stock? Well, they, 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 traveling around they may need 50 pounds of ice uh, you know to put in their refrigerators or coolers on their bus and um that and uh, catering if some of them have uh, dietary you know things that they need to eat they don't they just you know peanut allergies or, or anything like that could happen on there and it's and that's always usually included in the writer um which is just a a guideline this is what we need and this is what we, we like and this is what we don't like sometimes they'll tell you that too and it gets quite a bit of different things on there. so whenever you're talking about what they like what they don't like you're, you're talking about coffee tea soft food. drinks food water yeah fruit trays meat trays cheese trays mm-hmm. um snacks granola bars um with within that realm of that hospitality um like when do you have to have that ready? Uh, depending on what time they're loading in. Sometimes it's ten in the morning. Sometimes it's eight in the morning. Um, and then they have times that they tell you that, that they want to do lunch or they want to do and how many. You know, it's like we've set, fed up to like thirty people before plus staff. You know, the and have, a lot of that's catered. And that's a lot of times we've just went out and got food and brought it in uh, according to what they desire. We go to local restaurants and, and get tidy. They like tidy. A lot of them do. And uh, what whatever, pizza. We, we go get pizza after the show. A lot of them want a pizza out there. Liquor. They want liquor sometimes. We provide that. Not all the time, but, you know, we do. Um and all of that, and all of that is listed out and detailed within their within hospitality their, and writer. their rider. And then sometimes it's a guessing game. You can't find a certain potato chip or, or kettle corn or so. Something. It really drills down that specifically. Like there's yes. some like um, <laughs> name brand potato chip with a. I seem to remember there was one time where there was a certain tea that we had to have imported from England for someone. We had to order it weeks in advance, and uh, I don't know. What? And there was a special tea that they had to have, and they weren't going to negotiate. They couldn't have anything else, and hmm. and we had to order that in, and it got shipped here from England. I don't remember that. One. Yeah, but they, that a lot of times they'll throat coat tea. Mm-hmm. They, the, a lot of the performers like that, or um, some of the, some of the ones had like a, a certain beer or cognac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very very. Very specific. Yes, and the wine sometimes mm-hmm. is very specific. So, 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 yeah. I remember there was uh, one blues artist pretty recently, big name oh, that we yeah. had in here. That yeah. um, he had a he had a certain type of cognac that he wanted backstage, um, and we didn't get the right variety of that cognac, mm-hmm. and we had to go back out and and get a bottle that was two hundred dollars more. Yeah, because it was. The specific type of that type, that uh, brand of cognac. And you know the the funniest part about that he drank it out of a coffee cup, a coffee mug. You know, like mm-hmm. 
a large, large coffee mug, and that's what he drank his cognac out of. So. And it just looked like he was drinking coffee on stage. It did. He, was, he was sipping on <laughs> cognac the entire time. He did, time. yeah. He sure did. And that was, that's the, those little details are something that I find so interesting about every artist that come in here, mm. because you really get kind of an insight into, into their own personal preferences and their own, right. you know, how they like to live their life and what they like to have available around them through what's in their hospitality rider. Yeah. I think uh, the, the most I love about my job, I say I love my job, I do, uh, is meeting these different, not artists, but even, even the patrons that come in, meeting all the different patrons. And and uh, getting, I got to know a lot of them, you know, personally, just not, we don't go over to our house and eat, but, but just by name. And, and that means a lot to them, I think, too. And uh, Well, and I think that that speaks a lot speaks a lot of you, but that's one thing that as a director here, I take, I take great pride in, in the general hospitality of the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, that personal connection that we, that we sometimes make, um, you know, greeting people whenever we see them, right. whenever we see them come through the door, saying goodbye to people whenever they leave and giving that, you know, that, that final touch of that Southern hospitality, if you will. It of, is. Exactly. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part of this. Thanks yeah. for spending your time with us. Um, and I and I think that's so important to the overall experience that people feel like they belong here. Right, Southern hospitality. That's when I say have a safe drive home. Watch for deer. That's yeah. that's like be careful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same thing. Tell tell people that every show leaving. Have a safe trip and watch for deer. <laughs> Southern Illinois. You never know when you meet one. Mm-hmm. So when, when you've been doing hospitality, are there any crazy things that you can remember that were listed on a rider that were so hard to get, but they had to have that specific thing? Well, a lot of times, oh, black solo cups. It's not, I mean, we have to order them. And uh, yeah, black solo cups. Uh, like you mentioned before, there's certain wines and stuff. I don't know about, I, I know I've heard uh, horror stories about no green M&Ms. Mm-hmm. But that's just, I think a lot of times people are putting that on a rider just to see if you're reading it. Uh, I, you're right. Yeah. yeah. it's yeah. To me, it's it's what's called a... a Attention getter. A, a reading clause to right. where um, whenever you whenever you are asking, whenever they're advancing a show with you, which advancing a show is when the production or tour staff calls someone from the venue and we talk about what they need when they come in and what mm. something like that, a green M&M clause is something to make sure that you've read the writer and make sure that, you know, they know that you've actually paid attention not, to what they yeah. want and what they need. And haven't just blown off the whole thing and saying, okay, here's some water and Cokes. Uh, yeah. My favorite one that I know of, and it wasn't on a writer for us, but it was on a rider for an event at the arena in Carbondale. And it was a popular jam band. And they asked for a well-tempered, mature collie in their dressing room <laughs> one hour prior to the show. That's funny. And whenever you asked them about it, they said, please don't put a dog in our dressing room. We just want to make sure you read it. Yeah. Um, but it's that clause. It's that way to make sure that they're going to, they know they'll be taken care of whenever they're there. Right. If you've already read that and say, hey, I'm not going to get you a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't have any dogs. <laughs> oh, they, they may want a couch in their dressing room. I never yeah. even go in the dressing room. Yeah. That, that, that is one of those things. You never yeah. know whether 
more comfortable on the bus or whether they're more comfortable on the bus or whether they're being extra careful with presence of COVID at the time. Oh yeah. That's and kind of trying to keep themselves isolated. Mm. Um, you know, that's, that's all a part of it these days because if the main talent has to isolate because of COVID, then everybody else on that tour doesn't get paid for that many days. Right. Um, cause you only get paid for the gigs that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's a way that the artists are protecting the people that work for them and the people around them by not getting exposed themselves. Right. Yeah. Totally understandable. So in addition to everything that you do here, which is a lot, um, you schedule all of the part-timers, all of the part-time custodial staff, yes. concession staff. Yes. Um, you work with Derek to Ticketing. schedule the bar staff and ticketing Tick- staff as well. Yes. And let's not forget the pavilion. Well, and then you also schedule part-time for the pavilion as well. Yes. Um, and you work with Jared and David over there to, to make sure that they're taken care of. Uncle David. Um, so with that, Obviously, you're not just taking care of this facility. You're also scheduling for the pavilion. But then there's a new venue here in town that you're also working on. We are. And you you personally have been a major driving force behind parts of the renovation over there um, with our part-time staff. Right. Um, so we have a, a new venue for the city that the city is... Um, restoring a hundred-year-old church that used to be the first Christian church here in Marion. And you ha- you personally have been pulling carpet, cleaning cleaning up after pulling the carpet, sanding, um, sanding stairs and Still sanding sand. trim. Yeah. And, um, um, and so you've been a major driving force in that renovation and remodel, um, which we hope that that facility can be fully open sometime this fall. Got a, lot, a long way to go. We do, we have a long way to go. We've long got a lot of go. work still to do, but you've done so much work already down there. Um, what do you view as opportunities and potential with that new venue? Well, it's going to be more jobs because we're going to have to have more part timers. You know, we say we have a dinner theater, and well, then you got to clean up that dinner theater. You've got, you know, that whole nine yards, just like we do here. We Popcorn on the floor, we got to get it out, you know. And and it, I like that you mentioned dinner theater right off the bat because that new that new space is it's not going to be fixed seats like here at the Civic Center, right? Um, it's going to be very versatile. We'll be able to set up tables and bistro tables and have standing room and be able to do all kinds of different events there. Mm-hmm. Um, small wedding receptions, we could actually do weddings in there, considering it was a church, right? Um, there's a full kitchen downstairs too. There's full a full kitchen, kitchen downstairs. There's, um, you know, there's event space downstairs as well because almost the entire basement is fully open. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of versatility. There's a lot of potential for that room. Yes, there is. Uh, it's it's going to happen one of these days. Yeah, yeah. It's going to happen. Um, it's going to seat a little under 300 people in, in total in the sanctuary yep. se- section of it. Um, yeah. and then. The the school, there is a uh, an art and music conservatory, the Market mm-hmm. Street Music Conservatory, that is inhabiting all of the classroom space in the in that building. 
Um, those rooms are already ready to go. Um, you've been replacing air conditioning units. Installing new ones. Um, working with electricians to get power into some of those rooms and through right. a hundred-year-old building, that's quite the task. Yeah. Um, and so you've been doing a lot as a driving force on that building. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited for that building to open and for us to be able to start programming and putting things in there. And also it being an additional asset for the community to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope to see a lot of community use in that building um, because it's at 200, 250 to 300 seats. That's a, a great capacity for, for community events. Mm. Music, you know. Um, local musicians, local songwriters, yeah, yes. uh, recitals, music recitals, um, straight plays, um, it's not necessarily a big enough stage for a lot of musicals. There might be a few musicals that could play there, but it's going to be a perfect size for a lot of plays. Right. And so it'll give the community a space uh, to have plays and to have things like that that the community can be involved in, which I think is really neat. It's going to be a good one. Great one's done, yeah. And it's the other great part is that, you know, with a play, you don't have to play to a house of 1,100 people. Uh, or eleven hundred seats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can you can play to to two hundred and fifty seats. Where if you only sell a hundred, then it's half of the house, and it, it actually feels really nice for a play in there. Maybe up close and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a huge spacious, spacious area, but it would be cozy. Yeah. It's cozy. And it's the acoustics in that room are wonderful, yes, and so they are. I really look forward to everything that, that's going to happen with Market Street Hall, which is going to be the new venue that we're working on. So, mm. It'd be great. So, what would you say is your absolute favorite thing about the Civic Center and working here? Absolute favorite? Meeting people. I, I You meet... Everybody you meet, everyone is is for a reason, and and I get to meet all kinds of people here. I mean, all steps of the work of life, and you know everything. It's just um, watching people is a is a thing too. You know, it's kind of a people watcher. Um, but that, that I think the meeting everybody and and being being here, if they do need something, you know, that's. That's my favorite thing. And the kids. I love the kids when they come in here. That movies. We did free movies this past summer and a couple of summers before. And they just they're just happy as they can be when they come in here. And and, and you know, we can get a dollar popcorn or a dollar soda here. You don't have to spend eleven, twelve bucks at the a person at mm-hmm. the concession stand to get, you know, something like a lot of theaters do. Yeah. And, and that's intentional in a way for us to serve the right, community. Right. Um, and with, you mentioned our summer movies. We had over 4,000 kids throughout the summer come to our summer movies on Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Right. Um, and so that, that purely in, just in the attendance and the way that people attended, you know, having over 4,000 people for a free program in the summer is incredible. Right. And, I mean, well, pre-COVID, we'd, we'd have to open the balcony to... Yeah, we'd yeah, have yeah. we'd had over over seven yeah seven hundred people some of the time yeah, um, and it just it just shows that what we're doing is is of service to the community. It is. Um, but then getting to see those kids come in and enjoy it, 
Um, and then That's school it. shows are are a great fun yeah. thing because those kids are so excited coming off the bus and coming in, coming into the hall, seeing the chandelier for the first time, that interaction and and getting to mm-hmm. see the joy on those kids' faces, both when they're they're coming and then whenever they're leaving, how good of a time they've had and them talking about what's happened on stage and what's happened in the show. Right, uh, especially some of the local. Um, theater groups that the kids themselves coming in and the kids getting to watch them and uh, a lot of them from Marion and other towns but uh, they sit to see their friends on stage and I think that's exciting for their friends and them to be able to see people they know well and it's exciting for the development of theater in southern Illinois right whenever whenever kids see can see themselves on stage or can see people that they know or people that they're friends with on stage there's a light that goes off that says, maybe I could do that. Maybe that's something I could try. The ballerinas that came in, uh, do you remember that the cultural thing that happened yeah. here? It was like, wow. You know, these kids were just, their eyes lit up. They all come in running these little ballerina outfits, and, and they were just thrilled to be here. Yeah, and that and was a patron show, you know. Yeah, that was a, that was a main stage show in the evening, um, hip lay ballerinas. Yes. And we had such an incredible response with that. And we had such, it was such an eye-opening show for us as a whole because it was, it was the most diverse yeah. crowd that we had ever had. It was. Um, and and it, it also spoke to, to me in a way that I thought I was serving all of the communities within Southern Illinois really well until we had that show. And with the way that that the community the, response, the was, overall community response, yes. and the multicultural response to that show, and the diversity that we had in our house, showed me what we could have been doing all along that we hadn't been doing. Right, and that that through booking and through finding the right acts to come in here, we could serve those audiences so much better. Right, and so it's kind of ignited a fire in me to drive to do that, to serve our community better based on the way that show worked out. I'd like to see much more of that. Yeah, yeah. me too. It'd be great. Mike, thank you so much for your time today. Thank Thanks you. for sitting down with me. Um, I've, I've, I really enjoy you here as an employee, well, um, but I enjoy you here just as a person in the space even more. And the way that you mentor and serve the kids that, that work with you uh, it, it's really a joy to have you as a part of that and to see that uh, see that come together and see new kids come in and slowly open up personality-wise as they yeah. feel more included and involved. And so thank you for what you do. Thank you for the way that you serve those kids and the way that you serve the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. We appreciate your time today. Thanks, yeah. Mike. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for State of the Art Southern Illinois, a podcast by the Marion Cultural and Civic Center featuring local artists, artisans, musicians, arts organizations, and arts events in Southern Illinois, as well as touring artists coming to the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. Special thanks to Mike Wade for his time speaking with us today, and a special thank you to Wingtips for providing this episode's soundtrack. Join us every Thursday morning for a new episode on Facebook, YouTube, or whatever audio podcast service you prefer. And now, for Crystal Clear, buy wingtips in its entirety.